Hi there. Welcome to Crazy Good God Podcast. I'm Nancy Teague, and thanks for listening. Check out www.crazygoodgod.org for more info about me and this podcast. Last week's Quick Deep Point, we started the topic of Jesus' scars and if they taint the kingdom of God. Today's Quick Deep Point is also a bit longer than five minutes. There's just too much good stuff about Jesus showing his scars to the disciples. Before we get to the scars, Jesus told the disciples something critical before he died. In John 16, it is to your advantage that I go away. If I don't, then the Helper, the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. In a little while, and you will not see me. And the see in the Greek there means the act of vision. Jesus goes on, and again, a little while, and you will see me. And that word see in the Greek is orao, to see with the mind, to perceive with inward spiritual perception, intuitively grasp. I can imagine the disciples were like, what? Little did they know they would be seeing Jesus' scars after his unexpected resurrection. Hey, do any of you listeners have a scar or two? I do. And they are part of our stories. And now just think how significant Jesus' scars are through all eternity. The resurrected Lord revealed his scars on the first day of the week, which was the third day after his death. It was evening. The disciples had locked themselves in a room due to fear of the Jews. Out of nowhere... Jesus showed up right in the middle of them. And it wasn't a, hey, how you doing? Although, you know what? I could hear him saying something like that because I've experienced that he has a wonderful sense of humor. Anyway, John records, Jesus said to his disciples, peace to you. And the Greek for peace, to join, to tie together into a whole. And it means one, quietness, rest, wholeness, welfare, harmony. Now, the Old Testament word for peace is shalom. Maybe you're familiar with that word. And that meaning in the Hebrew is completeness, health, prosperity, welfare. Some similarities. Jesus knew their fears, their confusion, the grief, disappointment, regrets. His spoken peace to them, the first words out of his mouth, and he was like saying, your peace, me. Your peace is here. Then he showed them his hands and side. How did the disciples respond at seeing Jesus' scars? Guilt? Remorse? Regret? Condemnation? No. They were glad. They rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus' scars did not capture their attention. Only Jesus. And that's just what Jesus wanted. He's not into condemnation, but relationship. The disciples saw horao, just like Jesus spoke of back in John 16. They saw with spiritual perception. They saw their glorified Lord, their master, the one with power and authority. They saw his true nature, the fullness of him as resurrected Lord. His fullness was their fullness. Jesus, Son of Man, made flesh glorified. Not only was Jesus glorified, that means he glorified man. 
back to his original identity. This is incredible. Now note, Thomas was not with them when Jesus first appeared. Maybe Thomas was super discouraged after Jesus' death, and he was crestfallen, and he just had to be alone. At some point, the disciples told Thomas what they saw, horao. Thomas's response, unless I see horao, in, meaning inside his hands, the mark, the blow of the nails, and put my hand into, and that Greek word implies a penetration, a union, into his side, I will not believe. Thomas wanted a whole nother level of connecting with the risen Lord. Now, we might judge Thomas for being so unbelieving and so adamant, well, I have to see for myself. Perhaps we'd say he was arrogant, and maybe even think, or possibly taught, that Jesus put Thomas in his place for not believing. We don't know Thomas. We don't know his story, the scars he personally had. Actually, we don't know anyone's story, and yet we can be so quick to judge. Isn't that something? God help us. Was God upset with Thomas for his unbelief or his demand? No. Jesus graciously accommodated Thomas's demand, if you will. Jesus knew Thomas inside and out. Gosh, how many times does God accommodate us in our lives to help us along? He doesn't get upset with us, impatient or frustrated. You know, I used to think that. And you know what that was? Religious Christianity. And part of that is God expects more from you, or you don't want to disappoint him. And God can be angry at you kind of stuff. And I'm so thankful God began to show me who he really was. And over a 10-year stretch, I slowly became free from religious teachings and traditions. And I'm still getting freer. Eight days later, the disciples locked in the room again. Thomas, now with them. Jesus unexpectedly shows up. First words out of his mouth, peace to you, harmony, wholeness, rest, quietness. And then he goes right to Thomas. Thomas, put forth your finger and see, oraho, the hands of me, and reach your hand. And that word reach in the Greek means to cast, to throw, to rush with force or effort into my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. It was like Jesus was saying to Thomas, you wanted to connect with me at a deeper level? Go for it. I want you to have all of me. I want you to really see, to see the fullness of who I am. I am faithful to help you believe. Did Thomas do what Jesus said about casting his hand into his side? Well, I don't think so, because John only records Thomas's response. And he said, the Lord of me and the God of me. Most translations say, my Lord and my God. But in the Greek, it's the Lord of me and the God of me. There's something bigger about that. Did Thomas feel guilty, condemned? No, he was overcome to see his Lord. His Lord answered the desire of his heart. Let's thank the Lord for Thomas. Thomas's struggle and seeming demand shows us God can handle our unbelief. 
God does not condemn us for unbelief, nor is God fault-finding. Now, we sure can be fault-finding, but God isn't. God wants all of us to get it, to believe, to be persuaded, and he is faithful to make that happen, even when we are faithless. 2 Timothy 2.13 Bliss to you, and never forget, God is absolutely crazy about you.